Well, hey everyone, welcome to episode 341 of F Stop, Collaborate and Listen with your host, Matt Payne. This week, I had a very enjoyable conversation with Swedish photographer Anders Spetz. Anders was a successful CEO of a chemical company before an incredible car accident completely transformed his life. Through photography, Anders engaged on a long path of self-exploration and made several significant changes in his life, including choosing a more simplified life over his life as a CEO. In today's episode, Anders shares his remarkable story, which I believe will leave you inspired and re-energized for photography. Before we get going, I have one more incredible person to thank for financially supporting the podcast on Patreon, Paul Perugia. Paul joined our community of awesome supporters who are helping to keep the podcast ad-free with weekly episodes since 2017. You're awesome, Paul. All right, let's get to this week's episode with Anders Spetz. All right, Anders Spetz, it's great to have you on the podcast. Great to be here, Matt. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for reaching out and being so thoughtful with some of the things that you want to talk about today. I'm always impressed when people have their ducks in a row and and they've got some really great ideas. Thank you. Yeah. So for people that aren't familiar with you and your photography, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about who you are? Sure. The the standard stuff. 54 years old, uh, not married, three daughters, two of my own and one bonus daughter. Uh, the oldest one is actually a photojournalist. Uh, oh. The second one is now in university and the third one is in high school. So I have a, a range. Uh, been photographing for pretty much all my life. My grandfather was a passionate uh, photographer. I saw him uh, making images when I was five, six years old. Got my first camera around there. And, uh, and then I made a lot of images uh, when I was... Uh, in high school and also in university. I was in the photo club there, you know, all kinds of uh, very artsy black and white work uh, okay. at the time. And then when the kids came, uh, I stopped taking images. Luckily, my wife you know, made all those uh, birthday uh, shots. Uh, so they have those images and, and that's great. But uh, I took a, a long break. The kids, and uh, as, as you will hear, uh, you know, I, I I've worked quite a lot uh, over the years as well. I'm, I have been uh, CEO of, of big corporations for 20 plus years. During that time, I didn't, uh, I didn't photograph so much because there were no time. Right. We will uh, probably come, come to the, you know, the, the critical point. I, I had a severe accident at, at one point, And after that, I, I took up the, the photography again. It completely changed my 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 way of living because uh, you know I I quit the the corporate job and uh, I started my own companies uh, etc. But I, I think we will get into that further down the line. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And then in terms of the photography side of things, were you interested in landscapes and nature or like kind of what was your path through photography what's that been like uh i i've always been uh, you know out in nature uh first without the camera and then with so that that's where you know like like with many others that's my my passion for for nature and being out in nature that's where this it started and then i started to bring a camera uh, trying to photograph uh, you know the, the animals etc and, and found that very challenging 
Uh, and I also always was very interested in images, also, uh, you know, paintings, going to exhibitions, etc. So that, I think those two uh, interests made me look at, at landscape photography and, and also the, you know, the, the way of expressing yourself through, uh, through uh, photography. But that came, I think, uh, when I was in my, my 20s or, or 20 plus, something like that. Okay. Well, let's let's dive into the meat of things here. I know that, like you mentioned, you've had some some real challenges in your life, including your former wife having gone through recovery from alcoholism, and then you experiencing a very uh, traumatic traffic accident. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about these events, and then we can talk about how they've transformed your life as a mm. photographer. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I know a little bit since I've listened to a lot of uh, of your shows. I know a little bit about your background and, and what you have been working with before until you uh, now you're a full time uh, photographer, I guess. But yes, I, I uh, my my former wife, she she got sick with uh, with alcoholism and she was pretty close to killing herself with it, mm. unfortunately. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was uh, a really tough uh, time for the, for the family. And uh, then during during those years, I needed some some outlet, you know, somewhere where I could be just by myself and, and uh, helping myself to to survive in in that kind of situation. Sure. And then photography was a really good way because uh, of of you know going into yourself and and really taking care of what is inside, but maybe not as actively, uh, more more, you know, in the background, doing something uh, calm and, and uh, soothing and, and, and making you feel well. Mm -hmm. And that is also kind of a, a good medicine, I think. Absolutely. Uh, then uh, in the middle of, you know, uh, of everything, I was, uh, you know, on the height of my career, I, I was... Uh, having a lot of success. I came from uh, a meeting in Zurich, in, in, in Switzerland, a, a super successful uh, meeting. Came back to Kastrup uh, uh, in Denmark on my way home to Sweden. I, I don't think I mentioned that, but I live in the southern part of, of Sweden, in the Nordics. So I was on my way home. Uh, I remember that uh, I, I drove into, there is a tunnel and then a bridge over to Sweden. I drove into the tunnel and then I put, you know, my favorite uh, music on the stereo and I was, you know, on, th on the top of the world. And then everything was black. Uh, and then I, I was then uh, hit by a, a, a young uh, driver in a stolen car going uh, 175 miles per hour in the tunnel. Jeez. Uh, he was actually said the, the, the police that he was uh, filming his uh, speedometer uh, with his mobile phone. Uh, so he was not looking <laughs> ahead and, and he just crashed into me or my car. I, you know, of course, I blacked out, uh, but uh, there, is, uh, there was video. Uh, so the, the ambulance uh, people, they had seen the video, my car f flying to the side of the tunnel, to the roof of the tunnel, and then down. I mean, it was. Uh, it's like a movie. Yeah. It was not the car anymore. It was a, a brand new car. It was a, a big brand new car. I want you know. It doesn't matter what the brand, but it was a, you know the best security uh, systems available, and that saved my life. 
So the ambulance and the, the people were there and, you know, they were asking me, uh, do you feel your fingers? Do you feel your toes? Or, sure, uh, I have a, a sore thumb. Okay, you know, lay still. We will put you in some kind of compression uh, carrying thing to get you out. But I said, no, I, I feel good. So I stood up out of this wreck with a broken thumb. And uh, uh, they, they figured out later that I, had, I got some kind of, is it hernia in, in my neck? Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was it. Really? Uh, <laughs> and you know, the, the guys in the, in, the, in the fire brigade, they said that they, man, I mean, this is, is less than 1%. I mean, you, right. you, you shouldn't be here. That's, right. that's just, uh, but I was, and then that was it. And, uh, you know, I was, uh, one day later, I was back at work, of course, uh, <laughs> because work was very important, but I, I was, I was feeling really strange. Uh, I was in a board meeting and, uh, tears were starting to, I mean, I, I didn't understand what was going on at all. Uh-huh. Yep. Then I, I, uh, told the, the chairman of the board that, you know, I had this accident and <laughs> something is not right. So, uh, and, and then when I, I went to, uh, to PTSD uh, therapy, and the first thing that the, the, the therapist said was, you know, have you been driving through the tunnel? <laughs> I said, no, we, we do it now. So uh, I, I went back and forth, uh, you know, the bridge and the tunnel, Sweating like crazy. Oh, uh, <laughs> that, that, that was the that was sort of, of the journey back. But in in, in combination with that uh, therapy, there was I think ten times of, uh, of of therapy. We started to discuss, uh, you know, what what I could do uh, to, to help myself to heal. And then I, I figured, okay, I love taking making photographs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I discussed that with the therapist. You know how how do we how do we use this in the in the process? So uh, we decided that every time, uh, just after uh, I had a therapy session, I had an hour to go to photograph, hmm. uh, and that was. Uh, I mean, it was an amazing feeling because uh, you know I'm I'm a very you know, I'm a doer. I like to fix things. So I wanted to yeah. fix myself <laughs> right. really quickly because I need to get back to, to you know, to work. Right. But the, that hour of, of photography uh, completely changed uh, actually my, my view uh, on myself because I started to see, started to see myself through the images that I was making after these therapy sessions. Yeah, maybe... Maybe you've got an example of what that actually looked like in terms of realizing that some of the images you were seeing were self-portraits. Exactly. Uh, and I could see also, you know, my, my, my feelings because this was also, uh, you know that as a therapist, you know, that when a, a therapist asks someone like me, she started to ask me what, what I feel. And uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but seeing my own images, I could actually immediately feel what mm. I felt. When Do you have, I, an, I, you have an example? Uh, I often went to uh, a very nice place close to the ocean where there are big waves, mm-hmm. and the, the you know the the water 
was kind of this feeling of something hostile, you know. So I was afraid. It's a dangerous place. Right. But but when I when I was calm and when I you know was in in control, I guess. I could see that I can handle this. It's it's not like you know I will be swept away into the ocean and and I am dead. So that was uh, the water became some kind of uh, symbol for for how I felt. Uh, mm. And when I was fr- when I was photographing really stormy waters, that was usually also what uh, was inside. And you know uh, sometimes I put. Uh, a ten-stop uh, ND filter in and made the 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 water like uh, ice. Sure. Okay. Then that was then I was calm. So I kind of used that uh, in in a way. The water was was me in a way in my images. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And then so you're going through this journey of self-healing and a little bit of self-discovery through making images. What kinds of realizations did you have about where you were at in life and what changes did you make as a result of that yeah so after after those sessions i i I kept on working but uh but uh, i think at the end and during the photography sessions i i made a decision that uh, you know i'm i'm going to change things and I took my time. I, I took a break from, from therapy, but then uh, after some months, I went back to the same therapist and said, you know, I want to have uh, seven to ten more just for myself because I'm, there is something, there is a decision that starts to, to, to make form, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I did that. And essentially, you know, I should be dead, but I'm not. Uh, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? It's a little bit, I think, a sad story, but I'm honest. I would never have you know, been in that position if I didn't have the accident. Mm-hmm. But now I was there and I could really feel that, you know, in the beginning it was, it was kind of funny because it was like, okay, this uh, morning cereal is fantastically good i mean <laughs> you 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 experience life in a in a very uh strong intense way yes because you 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 thought you shouldn't have it but now you have it so you you have to feel everything very intensely that of course that that's fades away mm-hmm. uh but but actually uh i decided that uh, there are more things I always studied a lot as well. You know, I'm a scientist. I'm a chemical engineer by background. I, I'm, I think I stand on a solid scientific uh, platform, uh, looking at you know those uh, long-term uh, investigations where you ask old people, you know, what uh, what would you change in, in life if you could? Very few say that you know I should work more and I spend less time with my kids right. and you know. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> <laughs> That's not the way it is, but you don't hear it. You don't hear it until right. until something or someone open your eyes and ears and, and, and your senses for this. I made a decision to make a, a career change, but it was not dramatic. Uh, I talked to the chairman of the board and I said, uh, you know, uh, you know this, uh, he, of course, he knew about the accident and, uh, and he, he actually, he started crying because he said, Anders, you're, you're doing what 
we are all thinking about doing. Uh, so we decided, okay, uh, there is a year now and uh, I make everything that I should in that year and then after one year I, I quit mm. and, uh, and I start my, my, own, uh, my own business instead. So that, uh, that was a kind of a long journey but uh, I, I made the leap and, and today I'm, I'm running still my own companies and uh, live a much, uh, let's say, much more fulfilled life, if I'm honest. I, I was crazy in the beginning. You know, I, I, I visited my, my brother and my sister. I haven't seen them in years. I, I, I forced my kids to spend a lot of time with me, <laughs> even if, even if uh, it was more in my interest maybe than, than theirs. But no, my, my relation with my, my daughters are, are completely different than, uh, mm. than what it was before. You know, I was the dad with uh, probably in their view a big bullet, but never there. And now it's, it's the other way around, <laughs> if I'm honest. <laughs> right, you're like, well, so, we can spend a lot of time together, but uh, I, don't, I can't pay for all the stuff we used to do. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But I'm sure you wouldn't. I'm sure you wouldn't go back. No, no. Yeah. No, not a chance. And that—that's, yeah. uh, you know, that, that's the honest. Uh, I haven't. I haven't had any regrets. Not one day. Not one minute. And this is—it's uh, a bit odd to me because I—I th I thought you know this is a big decision, but uh, no, it's not really, uh, because you 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 only have so many days, so many weeks. I was throwing that away kind of before i was right, not well. aware i would have liked that to be a kind of a conscious decision but it wasn't i just you know i was just pushing for to see how far i could go right yeah i know it's easy to fall into that trap especially with modern society and con consumerism and consumption and all of the things that we're constantly bombarded with from marketing to tell us what we should be buying and yeah. all of that stuff. So it yeah. totally makes sense. We've, it's so easy to fall into that trap. Yeah. So I'm curious, you've talked a little bit about how the role that photography played in helping you kind of make this transition. I'm curious if you can talk a little bit about what photography's role is now in kind of sustaining where you're at today. Yeah. So, you know, I, very early on, I, I made a promise to myself that uh, photography is not going to be business. It's not going to be my job. I'm struggling <laughs> to keep that promise. Uh, but, uh, you know, today I'm, I'm doing, uh, cons so management consulting is my company uh, job. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I work as a senior advisor. I work as a mentor for uh, young CEOs uh, early in their career. Mm. So that's my job. Mm -hmm. uh, but I also I also now started to run uh, together with a, uh, uh, another photographer as a partner. We run some uh, photography workshops mm -hmm. in combination also with uh, retreats. And this is, you know, has become my my passion. This, uh, the way that photography can actually influence our lives. So today, my own photography is uh, is it's purely for my well-being. Uh, and sometimes, uh, you know, the workshops is only 
three, four times a year because mm -hmm. I don't, you know, this should not be uh, my, my work. But we have had some amazing people in the workshops, and, and for me, that's you know, also share these things, and and also the, let's say the the, the, the deeper personal perspective on on photography has uh, has given me so much. So it's it's uh, really a a win-win to be the the leader of, of of a workshop. But my own photography is pure pure pleasure. Good. I I love that. You said you were struggling to keep your photography not a business pursuit because I think so many photographers are worried about that in terms of somehow it's going to, you know, ruin your experience making images or whatever. So what what have you done to kind of compartmentalize the business side from your personal work? I think it's it's it, that goes back to my previous job where where I, I have always been very uh, strict on what is you know now I'm working now I'm I'm available for my daughters so it's it's always been and I do it the same way now so yes it's okay to work a little bit with photography to run a workshop but my own photography is my own and that is also prioritized so it's not like my own photography is when I have you know an hour available no, uh, I actually schedule my. Still, I'm I'm scheduling my my time, even even though I I decide myself. But I can decide. Okay, on Thursday I'm doing photography, and uh, and uh, you know I, I shut off the phone, and uh, it's, it's it's only my photography. Mm. So I think that's uh, it's a challenge, but uh, I think that prioritization is important because you're you're prioritizing yourself yeah uh, in, the, in the i mean we are it's it's so easy to fall in the trap of keep on giving and giving and giving i mean this classical thing that if you keep on giving you have to you know fill the bucket somehow as well to be able to keep on giving mm -hmm. well and it's interesting because as i heard you talking about the workshops i could tell that you actually really get a lot of energy and other stuff out of doing the workshops yeah. because you're helping other people and so I'm, I'm guessing for you that that that's actually serving a need for you to help others and things like that so um, my guess and maybe you can tell me if I'm right or wrong is that while you were originally worried about photography becoming a business you kind of have realized that you're getting a lot out of it by just putting in that energy as well exactly and then when, when we say photography it's it's so many things I mean, right. I'm, I'm a people-oriented person, and so are you. I mean, when we say photography, I mean, we meet a lot of great people. And you really, I mean, when you're uh, on, a, on a cliff somewhere overlooking uh, the ocean and you are there, I mean, you have a true meeting also. Yes. Uh, where you can share many other things than, than you know, the, the f-stop and the... <laughs> whatever filters you're using right. i mean it's it's a, a perb way of of uh, meeting people on a, on a, on a deeper uh, deeper level yeah i mean what i love about nature and landscape photography especially is it helps kind of cut through all the noise and it mm. brings everyone kind of down to earth and then it distills everything down to the things that we find most important in our lives and it makes it much easier to kind of just talk through what those things are and 
you're having this shared experience and uh, the photography is just like the glue that holds that all together. Yeah, yeah. And it, it could be something else, but now we love photography. So that's that's our playing field, so so to speak. Yep, exactly. Uh, I think that that's also very true for me that uh, it's actually for me in my photography, it's it's not at all really about the image. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy when, you know, sometimes it happens, you know, the, the feeling when you're opening the, the memory card and yes, <laughs> there it is. I mean, that's, that's an unbelievable feeling, but the, the, it is the, it's doing the photography that is important to me. And it has become, I try to explain it like, you know, it's, uh, it's like some people, they practice yoga or you do meditation or I do photography and that that process of actually doing photography making images is so beneficial for me so it it is the practice in itself that has the the value then on the rare occasion you know you the, the pops out uh, uh, an image that you're happy about yes but uh, for me it, it, this has become like a practice you know i i photo i make photography uh, kind of an almost daily uh, routine it's not mm -hmm. like i take uh, you know one image every day but for sure a couple of days every week i have a slot not a full day maybe but i have a slot for photography uh, to keep the, the practice going because that is also part of of my photography experience is that I don't want uh, the camera and the, the technical stuff to be in the way of my experience. Really important. Uh, and, and in order to achieve that, I have to do it often because it needs to be you know, second nature. It, it cannot be something where I need to think. Uh, exactly. Yeah. It'll come out next spring, but uh, Cody from Nature Vision Magazine sent me a bunch of questions last night about my Colorado Trail hiking experience. Mm -hmm. And one of the questions he asked me was about, you know, creative burnout, like 35 days of hiking. How did you stay motivated to make images? And, and one of the big pieces for me was what you had just talked about, that um, the less I had to focus on the technical aspects and just react to what I was finding myself in and the process of responding and making images, to me that was enough to keep things going and to keep my creative juices flowing. Whereas I think if you're out of practice in photography, it's harder to get there mm. creatively because you're like, okay, oh, I need what f-stop do I need? Like you're thinking more, whereas I yeah. think if you want to really get more creative, you need to become so good at using your camera that it's all just in intuition and you're just responding and reacting in the moment. Exactly. And uh, that, that when, when I achieve that, so you know, when I have had, you know, had this schedule that I, I make photographs every week, then I also open up for, you know, for, the, for, the, for the senses to, to guide me in what kind of images uh, I'm going to make. Because then I don't have to worry about uh, the camera and the filters, etc. I know it's there and I, I intuitively know that I will know how to use it. So then uh, when I have time, I, I, I try to uh, follow uh, my own method, <laughs> kind of. Uh, and I build that on, on using my senses. 
I know that uh, this is absolutely not, uh, you know, my own ideas. Many have thought a lot before me. I'm trying to be present in the in the spot where I am, and that can be just by hiking around. It can also be to lay down on the ground, or can be uh, taking off the the hiking boots and put the feet into the water, or somehow, you know, getting in touch with uh, with the place. Uh, and then usually I close my eyes because there is so much information, visual information, especially if you're a photographer, you know, it's, it's, it's overwhelming. Yes. But if you close your eyes, uh, you can get in touch with your other senses. So suddenly when your eyes are closed, you start to hear things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you start to smell things. Uh, and that is very inspiring to me. And that's where the image idea comes from then Mm. you know when i'm in a really good place i also have the occasions where i i'm stressed and i decide back home that now i'm going to this mountain and i'm going to take this image and it's going to be yes i have that also but when when i do it in the way that uh, that uh, i love then i let this experience uh, you know then i hear the the waves uh, or I, I kind of sense the smell of the, the, the algae or, you know, something that, yes. that I get an idea. And then I, I, I try to pursue that and, and make an image. Yes. Uh, when it works, you know, those images immediately as I see them, I'm back. Uh, it's it's right. kind of strange. Like, oh, man, that smell. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah. So th- that's that's also how how you know the brain works and how memories work. The, the more uh, senses you have involved, uh, the stronger the memory. So I, you know, I, I try to play with that to, in my own uh, in my own favors. Yeah, no, I'm I'm very similar. And one thing I'm always struggling with is the smell because there's you know especially when you're in the forest, there's always like this kind of rotting. Mm-hmm. like just musty smell that I yeah. actually just love it. Like, especially if I'm in bogs or areas where yeah. there's like flowers growing and there's like lots of pollen in the air. It's like, whoa, I need to, I want to bottle this smell up and put it in my <laughs> photograph. But I'm always like, how do, how do I incorporate this into the image? You know, that that's the piece where I'm always like exactly. struggling to find a way to do it. But it's such an awesome experience. But it might not be necessary, Matt, to, to put it in the image because then you start to think about others, right? Right. So when you make that image uh, and when you see it, you also smell it, right? Right. So right. I think that it's, it's a tall order to make that happen in someone else. Mm-hmm. But it's good, it's good enough that it happens in, in us, in you. Right. Yeah. And at the end of the day, who are you making the photograph for? Exactly. <laughs> so that's the point that that's why I think that uh, try I'm trying hard not to focus so much on the image itself but the process mm-hmm. and and to be uh, continuously working with my photography because that this is like uh, my mental exercise this is my well-being engine kind of mm-hmm. uh, and I'm 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 willing to bet that the images that are created when you're focused more on the process and the sensory inputs, those are probably your favorite photos by far. 
absolutely. Yeah. And uh, the funny thing is that uh, what I've seen also is that they they are more interesting also to other people. Mm. Mm-hmm. But they see completely different things or they right. experience completely different things. And that's right. That's fine. Totally. Yeah, no, I think that is fascinating. But, well, uh, one, yeah. one of the things that um, I really wanted to talk to you about because you had mentioned it in our communication is uh, this idea of uh, combining writing with your mm. images. And I'd be curious kind of what your approach is to combining um, writing with your photographs. I think this is, uh, for me, it was kind of the next step in, in the inspiration process because uh, first I get uh, get these emotions or this uh, this sensory input uh, but that and then I feel something but then I try to turn those feelings into some kind of idea some kind mm-hmm. of uh, concept mm-hmm. and that that uh, that uh, I found very difficult to visualize that in, in the image but if I can combine the image with some words, uh, I get a much stronger uh, feeling uh, when I an experience when I when I see the image t- together with the text. And of course, I realize that this is super strong for me because it's it's my image and my mm-hmm. words. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I get uh, I get a lot of uh, of feedback. I have an uh, an Instagram. Uh, account and actually you know I, I think I get as many comments on what I'm writing than, than I, I get on my on my images so it's, it's also uh, we as people we are kind of different in the way that some people take in a lot of uh, uh, information and, and feeling through the eyes uh, or <laughs> through through the image but sure. others love the the text it, it it moves something more in them i think yeah no i'm i'm the same are you are you adding the text like long after you've kind of taken the image and you're ready to put it out there or like what's the timing of when you're adding text uh that can vary a lot but usually it is uh, i'm i have a fairly short it's it's not like I take an image. Usually, I take an image and then I post it uh, half a year later. Usually, it's a couple of weeks. Okay. Between I, I take make the image and and I post it. So it's fresh. So it's it's pretty fresh and uh, and also what I'm writing is somewhat connected to uh, the image. But I think that it's more connected to where I am when I'm writing. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. So so these two things I think they, they work together. That when I see my own image, uh, I remember some things, but now I'm, I'm two weeks later, so I'm I'm a bit different and I have other thoughts. And then that is what's coming out. Yes. Mm. Yeah, I'm gonna take some heat for this, but it always drives <laughs> me crazy when people say that, oh, the image should speak for itself and it shouldn't have any words attached to it. And I just personally, I think when I read what a photographer has to say about an image, it gives me so much more insight into them as a person. It gives me so much more insight into kind of what what they were trying to convey through the photograph. I think it's just such a missed opportunity 
if you don't take the time to actually think about what you want to write about a photograph and what your mm. experience was like when you captured the photograph or maybe looking back on it a week or two or a month or a year later, how does it make you feel as the mm. creator of the photograph? Like, those are all opportunities to not only connect with your image, but also to connect with your audience. I'm, I'm with you all the way. I think it's also about trusting the viewer, right? Because I think they can handle that. You know, they see the image in their way. And if they want to, they take the, the, the written in, but they don't have to. Exactly. And why, why you know, leave that to the viewer. It's, uh, you know, trust them. Right. And it honestly drives me crazy when I see people post images with, like, no writing attached. It's just like, or like something really ridiculous, like, here's a photo of a tree. You know, it's like, come on, man. Yeah. Give me a little bit more to go with here. Let's come on. Let's talk about your image. Like, what what did you see here? What what is this image about for you? Like, yeah. or is it is it literally just a photo of a tree and that's all you feel about it? Because if that's it, I don't know if that's very impressive. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe maybe this is uh, com confrontative, but I think that you know if you if you think that your your image is so super expressive that uh, that you don't have to or, or should say anything i mean fine but uh, i think that uh, i love the the connection that i get with uh, the viewer and i respect the viewer uh, and i know that that the, the, the it, many appreciate the text and if you don't want the text skip it yeah and i don't know about for you but oftentimes i find that process of writing about the photograph helps me kind of rediscover what was going on subconsciously for me because oftentimes i find when i'm in the field and i'm capturing an image sometimes i sometimes i recognize that it there might be a metaphor in the image but oftentimes i'm just responding to something that's catching my attention and i don't recognize exactly what else happening yet and when i sit down to write about it um, i often find myself connecting with the image in a different way like oh wow i i didn't realize this at the time but this photograph actually has all of these other meanings attached to it that, that I think are very interesting now that I'm looking at it and writing about it. So I think, I just think it's a really fun process. So. Uh, agreed. And I think also that this is, I, I see a lot of similarities with my, you know, my decision making in my earlier life. Hmm. Because, you know, if you have some a really complex uh, situation to handle, and but you need to take a decision, you cannot sit down and think intensively you know to, to to find that decision it doesn't work so you take the all the variables you throw them i say you, i throw them in the back of my head and then i go out jogging or photographing or you know doing something and then it clarifies the decision clarifies mm -hmm. i think this this is the same thing happening in your image making when you it's your your subconscious is is talking to you <laughs> through through the image yes uh, and when you when you feel that then then it's i think good for you and for me yeah. to put that down in text no i i agree i think oftentimes i think for some people that either don't like to do it um or don't think highly of that process i think maybe it's because they they don't feel comfortable in their writing skills or 
Mm. You know, maybe they, they haven't spent a lot of time writing. So if anything, if I, if I was in their shoes, I would, I would just try to reframe the situation and see it as an opportunity to develop, develop my writing skills, you yeah. know. And I think, uh, as, as always, whatever is, is fine. I mean, whatever rocks your boat. But, uh, but I think that uh, it is a, can be a missed opportunity uh, learning things about yourself. I agree. Yeah. Well, and not everyone has that goal in their photography. Some people just want to take right uh, images and and throw them up on Instagram and see what happens. I yeah. mean, that's totally fine as well. But Absolutely. Uh, if you want something else, there's other things you can try as well. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about marketing because I know you had talked earlier about um, not necessarily wanting your photography to have a business component to it. Mm. But um, obviously, you're doing workshops and things of that nature. So, so what are your thoughts on marketing and photography? I think that uh, you know, again, it's it's of course it's it's up to every individual and uh, the individual situation. Um, I don't earn my living from from my photography, uh, so in, in that sense, I I can choose to do it in whichever way I want. Uh, I, you know, when people ask me, I sell prints. Yes, I run some uh, workshops. Uh, I also do uh, individual mentoring or, or uh, support, uh, and that that started with uh, uh, people that wanted a career change or or wanted to to develop their uh, their business uh, life, but. Uh, it has, you know, turned into discussing uh, photography and uh, images as well. Mm-hmm. I think for me, since I don't want to um, make uh, this a big company, uh, for me, person-to-person uh, communication is, is, you know, enough. Uh, but I realized that if I, you know, if I would, if I would earn my living from it, I had to think more like. Uh, the old unders, uh, <laughs> <laughs> understanding uh, you know, how a PNL works, and uh, uh, but I think that it's it, it can be it can be fine also that uh, that uh, you you take only the the few things that you are really passionate about uh, and not trying to maximize everything. You know, I in my mentor. Uh, Mentorship. I, I only have to, today. I only have three clients, uh, and they have been with me now between three months and more than a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it's the same. I think with uh, should I should I take on uh, uh, new clients? It would be uh, because this person really wants to uh, change something in their in their situation either on the work side or on the on the private side or on the photography side uh, but if it is a significant change like you know i took more than a year to to be ready to take the decision right you can you cannot do these major changes in uh, three sessions on on, on zoom and uh, two weeks and and you're done right. that, we don't work like that as as human beings, and right. I want I want to be uh, acknowledging that in, in the way I'm working. So, what are your methods for marketing? What you currently offer? So the 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 only marketing I do is uh, is via 
uh, Instagram and via uh, peer to peer. So th this is how it works. Mouth to mouth is for me the absolute best uh, method because it's it has intrinsically it has a, a lot of uh, prioritization in it. Mm -hmm. Because if if one of my clients talks to someone else recommending me uh, that says a lot both about about all three involved if you know uh, how i'm thinking yeah, that makes uh, sense uh -huh. that uh, that already there uh, there's a, a high ch uh, chance of, of success right uh, so, so that's that i encourage i encourage uh, the people that i work with Uh, if they have friends or colleagues or uh, to take that uh, that discussion and th that has worked perfectly for me i love it i love it well speaking of all that tell us about the one-on-one uh, -on -one sessions that you do have available for people yeah so i i thought about that when when i was coming on uh, the show that uh, you know of course Uh, I would love if if there is, if, if there is someone that that is you know uh, having this kind of uh, uh, situation that they want to make a significant change but they they, they might be uh, it's unclear how right. that or they're stuck or they're stuck I mean that uh, I would I would be happy to help but uh, uh, it's it's a thing where you work together and uh, it's uh, it's not uh, a two week thing. Uh, because we we will I will invest and the, the person also have to invest uh, their time but more their mental focus and my mental focus uh, but I am available I could you know uh, I could do what I do with uh, with my clients today I could do with a few more I'm I'm easy to reach you know uh, I, I guess you will put my uh, email address in into the show notes and. Uh, Uh, it's easy. Anders.spets at hotmail.com. Yes. There you go. I'm that old, so I have a hotmail address. Uh, <laughs> That's so, funny. Uh, yeah. At least it's not AOL. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, we we could we could talk a lot about those early. I I was in university when you know ICQ and. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Messenger, ICQ. Yeah, yeah. I remember all that with the yeah. the little flower that had the. <laughs> I remember those days. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. That's, fun. <laughs> that's funny. All right. Well, uh, last question for you. Uh, who do you recommend for the podcast? Yes. Uh, I thought a lot about that. Uh, I think that uh, very early in my process, I found uh, Helene Schmitz. Uh, she's a Swedish uh, photographer. Uh, I don't think that she would agree uh, that I say that she's a landscape photographer, but hmm. but but she is. Uh, but but she's walking, uh, you know, b between the genres. So there, it's it's a lot of landscape, but it's also definitely fine art. She's a great storyteller. Uh, I know that she's uh, exhibiting in all kind of uh, of uh, nice places. So she, she's a well-known. Uh, name in Sweden, but I haven't seen so much on the international scene. So it would be absolutely great to hear her talk about, you know, how she, her creative process and how, uh, how she has become such an excellent storyteller, because this, this is what we all uh, photographers, what we want. And, and she's superb. 
in that respect. I love it. I love it. Well, Anders, I have one more topic that I want to talk to you about, which is all about flow states, but we're going to do it for our Patreon supporters. Mm-hmm. So if people are interested in hearing us talk about flow states, you can check that out at patreon.com forward slash f-stop and listen. But for now, we'll go ahead and um, sign off on the main episode here. So thank you so much for your time. And I love your journey. I think it's very inspiring. And I think a lot of people can get a lot out of really paying attention to what you've done to transform your life. Big thank you to you, Matt. I mean, uh, I love your show and uh, I learn a lot. Uh, from listening and and I get really inspired by by all the the, the people that you have had on and I'm looking forward to the the coming episodes as well maybe not this one (laughs) (laughs) right yeah no one ever likes to hear their own voice trust me (laughs) thanks a lot well thank you to Anders for sharing your story with us I found it interesting inspiring and very thoughtful keep up the great work if you too have a story to share and want to chat with me on the podcast about it don't be shy there is a form on the podcast page of my website at mattpainphotography.com where you can pitch your idea for a podcast i love getting these emails because it means that you're already interested about something and you want to share your thoughts with the world Be brave and join the likes of Anders and the other 300 plus guests that we've showcased here on the podcast. That's all for now. Thanks for stopping in, collaborating with us, and listening. See you next week.